This is Bad Attitudes. Hello, friends and strangers. Welcome to another episode of Bad Attitudes, an uninspiring podcast about disability. I'm your host, Laura. In today's episode, I'll be talking about the moment I realized I was different from other kids. And I don't mean like quirky, nerdy, I have purple hair different. I mean fundamentally different in a way that everyone can see. Today's episode is sponsored by Melanie. Thank you, Melanie. If you are enjoying the podcast, if you find it helpful and informative, and you would also like to sponsor an episode, consider buying me a coffee. Go to ko-fi.com slash badattitudespod to donate the cost of a coffee towards the expenses of running the podcast. Send any questions, comments, or ideas to badattitudespod at gmail.com or reach out on social media. Follow at Bad Attitudes Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you enjoy this episode, share it with your friends and be sure to subscribe so you are notified every time I drop a new episode. Please take a minute to leave a review for the podcast. It really helps get us in front of new potential listeners. I'll put direct links to where you can leave a review in the episode description. As always, I want to remind you that disability is not a monolith. Although some aspects are universal, my experience as a disabled person is going to be different from the experiences of other disabled people. I am one voice for the disabled community, but I am not the only voice. Full disclosure, the story I'm about to share is one I do not remember taking place. I was only about five when it happened, but I also think that I shoved it deep down in my memory to protect myself. It's a short story, so here goes. In the 80s, it was the height of cool to have your birthday party at McDonald's. I never had a party there, but I went to several. This is the setting for our story. I was attending a party for one of my friend's birthdays, and as we went into the restaurant, a little boy, not one of the partygoers, stood up and shouted, She's in a wheelchair! And, according to my mom, Everyone turned to look at me. This was pre-COVID, so there were a lot of eyes in that place. That's the story. I told you it was short. You might say, Laura, if you don't remember this, how can you be sure it was the moment you knew you were different? And it's because when I tell this story, hell, whenever I think about this story, I can feel little Laura inside me curl in on herself in an effort to hide herself away. My stomach knots up. 30 plus years later and the visceral reaction is still there. I've always been introverted and was a shy kid. So being the center of attention was bad enough. But being the center of attention for something I didn't know was supposed to be bad is way worse. One of the differences between being born with a disability or becoming disabled very young and becoming disabled later in life is that for the former... Those first few years, you are blissfully unaware that you fall outside the parameters of normal. 
you might recognize on a surface level that you use a wheelchair and your friends don't, but that hardly registers. Sort of in the same way kids that age don't really understand the differences in skin color or gender. When you're older and become disabled, you already know that you are going to be fundamentally different from your peers. You spent the majority of your life being normal and you already recognize different. Prior to this particular McDonald's visit, I didn't know I was quantifiably different from other kids. I didn't know I was an anomaly to other people. I didn't know that I would be a cause for curiosity when pointed out. I learned this suddenly and shockingly. And I've been aware of it ever since. Once you realize that people are staring at you whenever you go out, you can never not know it. You can ignore it. It can become like white noise. But you always know it's happening. You see people in ways you never did before. The looks on their faces that were once incomprehensible now, somehow you understand. Pity, contempt, fear, disgust. You do reach a point where the staring doesn't particularly bother you. At least, not always. Like I said, it becomes white noise. It is so expected that you no longer notice. Once, I was out with some friends, and one of them said a guy was checking me out. I don't particularly believe that he was, but regardless, I didn't even notice the guy existed because I am so used to being scrutinized because of my disability. That said, eventually, all the staring does get to you, and I have been known to unleash my temper on some maybe not entirely deserving people. This new awareness led to a long cycle of trying and failing to be like my friends and to do things like my friends. Obviously, some of this is normal for all kids and teens, but for disabled kids, this leads to a lot of frustration because in many ways, we will never be like our friends. It took me a long time to come to that realization, like well into adulthood. It didn't help that I had certain influential voices in my life trying to encourage me to lose weight in order to, quote, wear the clothes my friends were wearing, which totally fucked up my body image, but that's a different mental health issue. If you're a parent of a disabled kid, know a disabled kid, or even are a disabled kid, let's be clear right now. Nothing is going to completely stop disabled kids from trying to be as much like their non-disabled peers as they possibly can. Like I said, trying to be like your friends or like the popular kids is a normal part of growing up. It's how we figure out who we are. But it's one thing to try to be like your friends because it's a part of growing up. And it's quite another to try to be like your friends because you've suddenly been made aware that the way you are is not the way to be. One major reason for the way this kid in the McDonald's acted and my subsequent struggles is quite simply a lack of representation. Disability needs to be normalized so that kids don't shout out to draw attention to the disabled kid who just came into a restaurant. We all know that sometimes kids are going to say things we wish they didn't, but by normalizing that which has been abnormalized for so long, we at least make it so that when we see it out in society, it's not such a shock to our system. 
And disabled kids need to realize they're not the only ones in their situations. They need to see themselves presented in a positive way. They need to feel like they could easily step out of their world and into any of the worlds presented to them in popular media without so much as a hiccup. Disabled kids also need disabled friends. I'm not saying force your kids to befriend someone just because they both have a disability and don't impede burgeoning interabled friendships. I'd still much rather build a friendship based on common interests and beliefs than on the simple fact that we're both disabled. That one fact can only get you so far. But disabled kids need to see that there are other kids in similar situations and that they can have one another to commiserate with. This is one benefit to social media. As a parent, you can find other parents of disabled children, even children with the same disability as your child. These are opportunities that were not available when I was growing up. Sure, there were ways to be put in touch with other parents of disabled children, but it was nowhere nearly as easy as it is now. Do what you can to integrate your disabled child with other disabled children early on. I did not have my first disabled friend until I was in the sixth grade. We ended up going to different schools after sixth grade and sort of drifted apart and came back together and drifted apart again over the years. Around middle school, my mom started suggesting that I needed to seek out other disabled kids my age, but I was resistant. By this point, I was convinced that I didn't need disabled friends. I had friends. In many ways, they were shitty friends, but I had friends. Them being shitty is a Patreon-level story but I digress. I was resistant to seeking out other disabled teenagers because, one, I was a teenager and was immediately resistant to anything suggested by my parents, but also I didn't think of myself as disabled, meaning I didn't acknowledge the reality of my disability until such times it smacked me in the face. I resisted seeking out disabled peers because I was afraid it would mark me as being different. And remember, I had already been living with the fear of being different since that day in the McDonald's. The fact that growing up I was almost always the only disabled kid in any room didn't help me combat that fear of being different. I was one of the first disabled students mainstreamed in my school system. Again, I didn't have any disabled friends until 6th grade, but until that point, I was the only disabled kid in my school. I was the only disabled kid in each of my classes. I was the only disabled girl in my Girl Scout troop. I was very much alone in being disabled. To be fair to myself and to my parents, I turned out remarkably well-adjusted. Once I hit my late 20s and 30s, I realized the positive impact of having disabled friends could have on my life, and I started to seek them out myself. I don't have many because I would still rather build friendships on foundations stronger than just the fact that we are both disabled. But it's nice to have people I can turn to who can understand the disabled perspective. No matter how empathetic my non-disabled friends are, they have still never been in my position. So, yes, do what you can to facilitate friendships between your disabled child and other disabled children. But also... Normalize disability for non-disabled children, especially if they aren't exposed to it except by happenstance. Talk to them about disability and what it looks like. Talk to them about the fact that everyone is different with different levels of ability. Seek out media that presents disabled people in a realistic light. I don't know much about media targeted towards kids, so if you know some good shows that have disabled characters, tell me so I can pass them along. I know there are a lot of books for children about disability, and I'm going to try and access as many of those as I can to give you my opinions on which ones I think are the best. 
normalize disability and other differences so that it isn't your kid shouting, that girl is in a wheelchair in a McDonald's. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next one.